Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm a teacher, a fellow ADHDer, and a certified life coach. And I started this podcast with the intention of giving ADHDers everywhere a sense of understanding of this super complex neurodevelopmental disorder and to create a fabulous and safe place to share the struggles, the wins, and the newest researched strategies to help you be the you that you've always dreamed to be. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, adhd I see you. If you'd like to take the strategies and tips that I share in this podcast further, head to my show notes and click the link to join Focused. It is the ADHD program for adults created by Kristen Carter, who has ADHD herself. So the platforms are ADHD friendly and the transformations that I've made since I joined have been amazing. If you head to my show notes and use that link, not only do you save $50 in your first payment, but I get a credit to my account too. We all win. Go to my show notes now if you want more of these tips, strategies, and in-depth ways to manage your ADHD. You can also download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started making your own podcast to share your voice. All right, my friends, back to the show. Hey, listener, have you subscribed to this show yet? If you're enjoying it, I suggest hitting the little subscribe button under the podcast main page so that when new episodes come out, they just pop up in your feed, just like the algorithms of Instagram and Facebook when you follow things. So if you like this podcast, go click that follow button. Hey friends, thank you for pressing play on this episode of Authentically ADHD. Today we're going to talk about executive functioning. What are they? So what are the executive functions and how can we manage them? So there are five, well I've put them into five, no six, six little, six areas that um, are broken up into different cognitive functions and I'm going to deep dive into each one of them a little bit and give you a few um, strategies that we can use to manage them. So the first one is attention and focus. It's also referred to as self-awareness. The second one is your physical organization, so your space. The third one is the time management or organization of your thoughts and your time. And then the next one is emotional regulation. So that's uh, regulating the emotions that we feel super strongly. And then the fifth one is uh, cognitive flexibility 
um, and impulse control. So I'll go into that one. That one's kind of one of my favorites that I learned about because it helped me understand me a little bit uh, better. And then uh, the last one I'll go over is memory, the short term and the working memory, how it influences us. And I will go over strategies for each one of them after a little deep dive. I am super excited to get into this episode. So executive functioning or executive functions are the cognitive processes that organizes thoughts, activities, prioritizes tasks, manages time, and helps make effective decisions. Basically, it's like the brain's manager. I like to call it like the pilot of the plane. The different parts of executive functioning are located in our prefrontal cortex, which, as I've mentioned before, is either underdeveloped or develops later in life for people with ADHD. So, Let's do a deep dive into each one and how we can manage it. So in my head, it's kind of like the prefrontal cortex or that CEO manager of your brain is like the teacher in a classroom. And then all your cognitive functions are the students. They're still learning. They don't know exactly what to do or when unless they have the teacher's guidance. Well, if the teacher is only kind of half there or isn't fully developed or doesn't know exactly the information that it should be communicating to these students, then our cognitive functions, a.k.a. the students, don't behave very well and they don't really know what to do or how to do it. So the first cognitive function that I'm going to talk about is attention and focus. So this is also referred to as self-awareness or the ability to use self-directed attention skills. Obviously, in the ADHD brain, using self-directed attention skills is a little hard for us because regulating our attention is more difficult. This includes keeping your focus during boring or mundane tasks, following new conversations, retaining what you read or listen to, distractibility during tasks like sounds, physical interruptions, visual interruptions. There's more things that fall under attention and focus, but those are the things that I find kind of stick out the most. So some strategies that we can use for attention and focus is Break your tasks down into the smallest possible pieces so that each one gets the attention that it needs and then those details aren't necessarily forgotten. Make sure you schedule breaks and free time into your day because the ADHD brain, it it gets tired faster and it needs a little bit more um, time to recharge for breaks and things like that. Move your body before you try and sit down to do a task. You'll find that you'll be a little less fidgety and a little more able to focus if you do this. It also ups that dopamine in our brain, which helps attention and focus. Discover what environment works best for you. 
For me, I need to have a little background noise sometimes when I'm working. For other people, that might be super distracting. I need to have bright lights on when I'm working. For other people, that might be too much of a sensory overload. So see what works for you in your working environment. And going along with the working environment, um, I can say from experience that having a neater, cleaner, more um, organized workspace is also a great strategy. You can also change up the location where you work. So instead of working at your desk at home or at your desk at work, take your work outside or take your work to the kitchen or just a new area of, you know, outside or in a house or a different place so that your attention might be a little bit more apt to remembering these things. Put on some music or your favorite show when you're doing boring or mundane things. When you're reading, write down for understanding. So what I do is I'll read part of an article and then I, um, I will write down a little paragraph about what I understood. So I'll paraphrase it and um, make to make sure that I understood what I read. Otherwise, I'm just reading and then I don't really remember what it is that I read. Also, the, the last one I want to say is using self-talk to get through tasks or to remember like what you were going upstairs slash downstairs to get. Just keep saying it. Um, if you're going, say you're going to get a plate. I'm going to get a plate. I'm going to get a plate. I'm going to get a plate. As you're walking, you'll get the plate so that by the time you get to the area where the plates are, you know what you're trying to get and you can remember it. Are you an adult with ADHD who is looking for a program or community to become a part of? Well, I have the answer. Visit IHaveADHD.com slash focused and join the focused program. If you want my link to get some money off, let me know. It has changed my life. Let me know if you want my coupon code for $50 off your membership to focused the program for adhd adults led by kristen carter the next cognitive function i want to go into is uh, physical organization so the organization of your paper piles your laundry the way that your car looks, whether you can see the floor in certain rooms, um, your desktop, so like the files and apps and things on your desktop, is it super overwhelming or do you have things in folders and sorted? Your areas of living, your closet, your bedroom, your bathroom, things like that. So the physical organization refers to can you find what you need and does everything have a home? <clears throat> so here are some strat some strategies that I use for physical organization is using minimalist ways of living. So literally not having so much um, actually helps to organize because if you don't have as much to organize, then using those minimalist strategies really helps out. So get rid of what you don't need. 
clean one large area at a time. I don't suggest trying to organize every single area of your home like in one day or trying to do it in like one hour. That will probably be super frustrating and you might give up and I wouldn't want you to do that. Um, label things in your home so that everything has a home. Everything in its place, you know, the little saying. Uh, make sure that those things all have a home and that you know where they go. I dedicate uh, 15 or 20 minutes a day to tidying. I call it like my 15-minute tidy so piles don't accumulate after I've organized certain spaces. Make sure also that you're not accruing new things that you don't necessarily need. Just because somebody's giving it away for free doesn't necessarily mean that you need it. If you look at it and you're like, oh, I might use that, really think about purposefully if you really would use that and for what. <laughs> Throw away your trash. I know this sounds weird, like people with ADHD or even regular people just have garbage laying all over the place, but I'm talking about like the paper piles and the things that you don't necessarily need. Um, old coloring pages that I've been throwing out, even some of this research that I've been using, I either put it in a file or I throw it away because I don't need that extra paper laying around. Um, let's see, donate what you don't use. So use uh, the three piles strategy that I gave in a previous podcast to give away the things that you don't need. Again, please don't donate your trash. And then organize your clothes in your closets by the season. So if you don't have enough room for all your clothes, you can put winter clothes somewhere else in a different place and keep your summer clothes in your closet. And then when it's switching seasons, you just kind of switch out the clothes as you need them. The third one I'm going to go over is time management and your organization of thought. So this includes planning and scheduling, being on time for things you plan and schedule, prioritizing those tasks and certain thoughts, sometimes the feeling of overwhelm and time blindness fall in here, and then mapping out projects, vacations, or even just your month or day-to-day -day plans. So some strategies that I find helpful when I'm trying to manage my time or my organization of my thoughts is that I break tasks and goals and projects into the smallest possible steps. This way I have explicit directions and I know the beginning, middle, and end. I pretty much know how long things are going to take and I can get things done without that feeling of overwhelm and the time blindness that comes along with it. And then with time blindness, um, make time super visible. Have clocks everywhere. I live my life by alarms. I use alarms, reminders, um, to remind me of things each day. I also use a routine app for time management um, so that it tells me how long I have left like to do something like to get ready or to finish working and not that I live or die by this routine app but it definitely helps when I know how long something should take and how far behind I might be running or sometimes how far ahead I might be going. Um, another thing with time management is putting important dates in your phone calendar and using one central calendar. 
More than one calendar or plan is okay, but make sure there's some place that holds all of it so you can reference back to it. Uh, leave early for appointments and scheduled uh, things like work. Um, I found that leaving at, at just like a five or ten minutes earlier than I normally would gives me a lot less stress about getting there on time. And then plan each day by the day. Each day, look at your calendar, look at what you have to do, and kind of just write out kind of like a to-do list, but not necessarily, but like a little etch-out, like plan for the day. If you're a little bit more type A, you can use time blocking, or you can literally use a planner that has day planning in it. And then schedule time in there for distractibility. Schedule rest time and schedule those breaks so that you can recharge your ADHD brain. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, I invite you to journal about it and find that underlying cause so that you can kind of get past that block and keep going. It's advertisement time. So if you could just take a look at the app called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, it's fabulous. It's free and anybody can use it who wants to start a podcast. I highly recommend it. Super easy to use. You don't even have to buy uh, expensive podcast stuff. It's just a wonderful place for anybody like you or me who just wants to start a podcast and doesn't want to buy all the things. It has all the tools. It's I'm recording this podcast from my phone right now. It's awesome. Check it out. Back to the show. The next cognitive function I'm going to go over is emotional regulation. So those emotions that we feel like vibration super strong in our bodies. Yeah, regulating that is really, really difficult. So this refers to the ability to be aware of the rest of the cognitive functions and learning to use words, images, and your own self-awareness to process the ability to alter how you feel about certain things. Our emotional regulation and ADHD tends to drive a lot of our actions more than neurotypicals. This is because of rejection sensitivity, the inability to self-soothe. We get overly excited, overly sad, overly angry. Um, it just kind of is how it is with the ADHD brain. So in order to start working on this, this one is a little bit more of a self-awareness thing. So start becoming aware of your emotions. Notice when you have them journal about them how do they feel in your body what would it look like what color would it be the feeling sometimes doing that can kind of um, calm our brains down and the feeling can then pass or we can find out why we're having the feeling to begin with doing yoga and meditation also helps with emotional regulation a ton because it grounds you and it helps you recognize your emotions because you're in a more grounded state breath work or breathing exercises also goes along with this and i also want to throw in here that becoming aware of yourself observing your thoughts and your feelings in order to manage them 
takes time. It's not going to work the first time. It's not going to magically start getting better when you just start becoming aware of your emotions. It's going to take time. It's going to take a little practice and it's going to take some self-discovery and self-awareness and possibly a little bit of a change in self-concept. Also be aware of those cognitive distortions that I have mentioned and that I'll probably do a deep dive on in a later episode, but be aware of those black and white thinking and um, the cognitive distortions that we have over um, being rejection, rejection sensitive and how we perceive things. We don't always perceive things the way that they are, so just be aware of those uh, cognitive distortions. The fifth uh, cognitive functioning skill that I'm going to go over is cognitive flexibility and impulse control. So this has to do with transitions and not being able to go with the flow. Uh, This brings up the black and white thinking again of how we think things should be and um, how they might actually be. It has to do with restraint skills or inhibition. So doing the thing without thinking about future you and how you in the future might um, maybe regret what it is that you're impulsively doing. Eating the thing, doing the thing, drinking the thing. It also has to do with the ability to think about something in a different way. Which actually for ADHDers, we are able to think outside the box pretty well. But once we have a set thought about something, trying to think about it in a different way gets a little bit difficult. And then, for example, some of these transitions with cognitive flexibility could be from going to from work mode to vacation mode, from summertime back to work mode, or the opposite for, you know, work or school and then going into summer. And then at home to going back to work mindsets and even smaller, just task to task transitions can be difficult. So some of the strategies that you can use are putting an activity between tasks that helps the transition. For example, I like to take a little walk or go outside or just stretch out my body kind of in between the tasks that I do. So, you know, after recording this podcast, I'll probably go for a little walk before I clean out my car. Also, think about whether future you will benefit or if it will cause issues later on. Try to think about that before you impulsively buy the thing, drink the thing, you know, eat the thing. Also, when transitioning with big tasks journaling and preparing your mindset and then visualization of these things can help. So for example, I'm going back to school, which I teach, so I'm going back to work, back to school, in about two weeks. I have been training my body already for a week with getting up earlier. I have started journaling about it and I will start journaling more about it to get in the mindset of teaching. Also, I get out physical things that remind me of going back to the classroom, the note things that I have to hang up, the student awards that I make for them, the little books that we use, my desk organization stuff, I get that ready. Um, And then give yourself a little reward when you show constraint or when you show cognitive flexibility and you're able to resist the thing or change how you view something. 
The final one I'm going to go over is memory, short-term memory and working memory. So this consists of the short-term memory is like an internal monologue. So it's the ability to remember what you're doing and why you're doing it. <laughs> and then um, sh working memory is and, and short-term memory is the ability to hold things in your mind. So remembering important details, remembering what you were doing, uh, remembering what was said in a conversation so that you can respond appropriately. Um, there are a few different things because memory is a big issue for me too. Um, alarms, I literally like, I have said in the past, I live my life by alarms. Um, use reminders on your phone. Ones preferably that will like pop up over your entire screen so that it'll actually remind you. I don't personally use post-it notes a lot and if I do I have to put them in the middle of the TV screen, a mirror, or my computer screen or else it just becomes part of my environment. With other people post-it notes work great for reminders but for me personally it just becomes part of my environment. You can also ask a loved one for help. Ask them to remind you if they have a better time remembering. Make sure you write it down anywhere and then make sure you rewrite it down or type it or whatever into that calendar that I referred to before, the one central calendar. And then again here, self-talk works as well. So talking yourself through a task or talking yourself through what you need to remember works. Um, it helps bring, you know, some other things to the forefront of your brain that you might not have even realized that you needed to remember. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, listener. You are the reason I write and record and plan to continue doing so. If you wouldn't mind rating this podcast, if you're listening on Spotify, it's really easy. It would mean so much to me. You can send any feedback or any reviews to my email linked in the show notes. I hope you have a fabulous day. Stay authentic, my friends.